You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. You might have had the under, but we made it to a Friday. It's hour one. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Gang's here, ready to go. Clayton Kershaw, the Dodgers, will stop by. Chris Sims, he'll join us on loan from NBC Sports. He stirred it up a couple of days ago where he threw out the rumor that the Seahawks were entertaining the idea of trading Russell Wilson Jr. the third a couple of years ago to the Cleveland Browns in exchange for the number one overall pick. Your phone calls are always welcome. Emails, tweets. We'll have a poll question, play of the day, a couple of stats of the day as well. A battle's brewing over money between Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association and how they're going to divvy this up in this shortened season. Now, the issue has a face to it, and it's the Rays pitcher Blake Snell. He spoke out on Thursday, and he said one of his own social media channels uh, on this, he said it's not worth the risk to go out there and uh, play for less pay. Snell's comments shift the debate a little bit here because he cites concerns about his safety. The conversation gets a lot more serious when players talk about the risk they're taking by starting up the season again. We forget that athletes are real people. They're supposed to go out there. You're young. You're getting paid a lot of money. They have the same fears as we do. Snell's a talented pitcher. You're probably not aware of him nationally because he pitches in Tampa. He's a Cy Young winner. He's only 27. Now, at 27, he's going to face less risk. But every player, every person has to come to that decision on their own. I don't care how much you're making. It could be what Clayton Kershaw makes, or it could be somebody who's just being called up from AAA. I'm hopeful that Major League Baseball and other sports will try to return safely and as soon as possible. Now, I'm going to let you hear a little bit of Blake Snell and what he had to say about risking his health in coming back and that there's a money aspect to this. If I'm going to play, I should be getting the money I signed to be getting paid. I should not be getting half of what I'm getting paid because the season's cut in half on top of a 33% cut of the half that's already there. On top of that, it's getting taxed. So imagine how much I'm actually making to play. You know what I'm saying? So he attached money to this. Is So is he saying there's an amount that he would come back and play for? That's where I have a problem with this. If he doesn't want to play, he doesn't want to risk this health-wise. I certainly understand that, and I applaud him. But is this just about, I want to get full pay for half a season? Then I have a problem with that. Now, another thing. I don't like that Major League Baseball and the owners put this out in the media. This should have been handled behind closed doors between the Players Association and the owners and the commissioner. In good faith... That's what they should be doing, certainly with these times. Blake Snell is now the face of this. Now, you had other uh, players. Bryce Harper came out and backed him. Uh, Let me see what uh, Bryce had to say. Uh, Nolan Arenado also came out and said, uh, you know what? We should have kept it in private. A lot of things we heard from the owners are through the media. I don't know what's true and what's not. Hardest part, it sounds like everyone has an idea of what the owners are talking about. I feel like the Players Association and the players mostly doing a good job of that, keeping it between us. I feel like that we've been pretty quiet. Some guys have voiced their opinions, and that's okay. They have the right to do that. Uh, Bryce Harper said that, uh, hey, this guy's just telling the truth, and uh, you got to respect him for doing that. Um, let's see. what is uh, he, he ain't lying. He's speaking the truth, bro. That's what Harper said. 
Uh, I ain't mad at him. Somebody's got to say it. At least he manned up and said it. Good for him. I love Snell. He's a guy's a beast, one of the best lefties in the game. Well, it's one thing to say, look, I admire him. He manned up. Do you agree with him? Does Bryce Harper agree? Hey, I don't want to come back for half the salary. If the players want to get paid their full salaries to come back or it's not worth the risk, now we have a real debate going on here. Can you come back for a 50-50 rev share? That's what the owners are saying. I don't like that it's negotiated through the media. It's not the first time. It won't be the last time. But Blake Snell is saying there is an amount of money that apparently I would come back and risk this for, but not what he's making. If it's $6 million, now it's down to $3 million. So the take home after taxes and everything else, you know, what's he getting? $1.8 million. And I know every one of us, you know, if you are out of work, you're looking at this saying what I would risk it for 1.8. I'm risking it for far less than that. I know that athletes are different than us. They may have the same feelings towards this pandemic, but they're different than us when it comes to something like this, because he's saying for what I do as good as I am, it's not worth risking my life to go out there for $1.8 million. Okay, that's his right. But when you start to say, you know, maybe there is a price tag he'd come back, then I have a problem with that. So what is the price? Is it, is it $10 million? Is it your full salary? Then you'll come back here. Should you be get pay, getting paid your full salary to come back? You know? And the answer is no. It, if it's a a shortened season, there's no fans, then I I would hope that they work together. The problem is the Players Association is strong and Major League Baseball has always been at a deficit, it feels like, in dealing with the Players Association. You put it out in the media, now all of a sudden we paint the players as bad guys. And they're not. I just think, I think Blake Snell could have said what he wanted to say without saying in the way he did. And, and, and it would have softened this, and we would have been more sympathetic to understanding exactly what they're going through. Because it's a great unknown. They don't know. Is it worth going out there? I mean, you got two older members of baseball's establishment, Art Howell and Bob Watson. They have the coronavirus. Art Howell, manager. He's in ICU. We don't know. And you can say a 27-year-old, yeah, you're healthy. Go out there. Oh, come on, $1.8 million? Three million, ten million. I don't know what the price tag is. It's just I think it's a bad look for Major League Baseball. Blake Snell could have handled it in a better way, in a softer way, and gotten your message out there. If you want to negotiate through the media, you need to do a little bit better job. It's all individual, and it should be an individual choice. If you don't want to come back, you don't come back. You don't get paid. That's okay. And if you stand for that, I stand with you. But I don't, I don't know what will happen. You know, can Major League Baseball say you, you don't have to show up for work? You're not going to get paid, but you, you don't have to show up for work. And that's why I'm curious. Are we, are we headed for a showdown? Is everybody going to come back? And the answer is, I don't think we know. And that's what I want to ask Clayton Kershaw. Where do you stand on this? He makes a lot of money. What if they cut that in half? Is that still enough? And if you start to put a price tag on your health, that's when I think you're not going to get sympathy from the fans because you're going to go, I'm only getting $3 million. I'm not coming back for that. 
You know, the risks are through the roof. Okay, if the risks are through the roof, then don't come back at all. But if you add the money at part of it, that's where I think people are going to have a problem with this. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com. Rob Manfred, the baseball commissioner, was on CNN last night and had this to say about players' safety. We hope that we will be able to convince the vast majority of our players uh, that it's safe to return to work. Um, the protocols for returning to play, the, the health-related p- protocols are about 80 pages in length. They're extraordinarily detailed. They, they, they cover everything from how the players will travel, private charters, how those charters mm-hmm. have to be cleaned, um, who has access to the ballpark, strict limits on number of people, uh, tiering of employees. So even those people who are in the ballpark will be isolated in general from the players. Um, So we'll hope that we'll be able to convince them that it's safe. Yeah. I don't know when they do that. We keep putting in these arbitrary dates that all of a sudden, why is it that you'll hear, and maybe this is college football saying, we expect you back June 1st. Why not June 3rd? Like, does it magically make it, Better go away June 1st? Like, we don't need to do June 1st. How about we do June 3rd? June 9th? I don't know. Hey, June 1st. Okay, sounds great. What if the plans are not in place? What if, what if, what if they're not ready? June 1st. That's a magical date. June 1st. No, let's stay away from these dates here. We'll come back when we're ready to come back when we can come back. And hopefully baseball players will feel safe in coming back. And if you decide that you don't want to play, that should be your right. And the Players Association should stand up for you. But if you're saying, hey, I also want to get paid, then that's not happening. Go around the room here, guys. You guys heard Blake Snell's comments. Paulie, I'll start with you. I I got mixed feelings on this one because I'm wondering if a lot of other players agree with Blake Snell and just didn't have the guts to say it and get criticized publicly. There's a lot of players. There's a dozen guys on Blake Snell's team who make the league minimum, which is about 550, 550 grand. Well, now, while that sounds like a ton of dough to the average person, you basically have a three to five year window to make all the money for your entire life in baseball. And I wonder if these baseball players like, you know, the the owners can make this money back. The the league can make this money back. I can't make this money back. I have a short career to deal with here. I have to accumulate as much wealth as I can in a less than a 10 year career. Most guys have a five year career. So I could I could see a lot of baseball players agreeing with Blake Snell, but not being comfortable with the public criticism that goes with it. But the money part of it is where they're not going to get any sympathy and maybe they don't care about that sympathy, but if you're saying that baseball is negotiating through the media and they did, they did put this out there and that's when this started to boil up a little bit here. I didn't want Blake Snell to attach money to this. He could have said it in another way where we do, we are sympathetic to you. You are running a risk. We do understand that. But when you say it's just not worth it for that amount of money. So what amount of money is it worth? It's either your health or not. Or is it your health, but it's really about money? Well, they're asking them to take a double pay cut. Obviously, you're going to take a pay cut because you're playing half the amount of games. So you, you don't get, you know, you don't get 30, you don't get a, a season full of starts if you're a pitcher. You only get half pay for that. But then a 33% reduction in the half. So you're down to almost very little. If you make 550 a year, 
you're down to 160 grand is what you're making as a major league baseball player this year. 170 grand before taxes. That's not a lot of dough to risk. McLovin? You know, I'm torn because I think it was the right message by Blake Smell, but his delivery wasn't perfect. I agree with you. He got made it too much about the money. Part of me is like, well, if he doesn't want to take that million dollars to play, like, does he owe it to us to play? Like, there, that's what I'm wondering. Does the athlete owe it to us to go out there and risk his health? No. So, th- yeah, so that's where I'm like, but something about his delivery was focused too much on money. And I think his message is right. And also, baseball players use bro so well. Oh, my God. Bro, bro, bro. <laughs> But I kind of I'm right with you. The money was a little something about his tone off put me a little bit with that. I'm all for it. And I, I would applaud Blake Snell if he said it's just not worth going out there. I, I don't want to risk. I'm 27. I, I don't want to risk it. OK, that's fine. You're not going to get paid. And then when you put the money part of it, then you do have a price on this of your health. That I think the message gets lost in there. What he's maybe really trying to say. Seton. But isn't there sort of a price on everybody's health anyway? I mean, it, it may look a little different when we're talking about a guy who's theoretically making a couple million dollars, right? But there's a price on anybody else's health who's going to work right now. Um, and I mean, some, some people have to go to work because they need a paycheck. And if they choose to not go to the grocery store that they're working in, then they're not going to get paid and they're going to get fired. It's not like, you know, there's... Uh, it's a greater calling of that people are doing that. They're doing that because they have to go to work yeah. and they need their paycheck. So just because the, the stakes of that money are a little higher when it comes to, or well, a lot higher when it comes to professional athletes, I think everybody's got a price on their health and you're willing to, some people are forced to go to work and some people have the luxury of saying, no, nah, I don't feel like going to work. I'm but, not ready yet. But Blake Snell's not going to get fired. He's 27 with, you know, extremely talent, a talented uh, pitcher. But that's what I'm saying. He has the luxury of having this conversation where there are a lot of people that don't have the luxury of, yeah. of making that decision because they're forced to go back to work. Um, that being said, I don't think that if the season is cut in half, that it's unreasonable to say maybe we should do half the money or, or, or that there should be some reduction in salary. I think, you know, leagues all over the world have, uh, you know, negotiated reduced salaries for, employees or for um, athletes for their teams. So I, I don't see why baseball would be any different. Uh, Todd? Yeah, it's a bad look. I agree with you that as far as you're either feeling safe to go back whenever that date is, that magical date, or not. Bringing in the money, especially with what's going on in the world now, and whether you feel sensitive towards other people's situations or not, or this one's making millions and this one's barely getting by, has nothing to do with it. You can't. He put a price tag on when he'll decide to feel it's safe enough to play, and that's uh, that's the problem. Yeah, it, it goes back to what I said. If he feels like that, that he, he's not safe, not going to be safe, and it's not worth the risk, then that's fine. But you're not going to get your your paycheck. And maybe he says, that's fine. I don't need my paycheck. And if he wants to sit out, then great. I applaud. And it, it's an individual choice. If you can make it, not everybody gets to have that choice. Or you do have that choice, but the repercussions are far more damaging for somebody who needs to go to work to to supply for their family. They have to go to work. They don't have a choice. They run that risk. Healthcare workers, they run that risk. A baseball player, Blake Snell doesn't want to pitch this year. Baseball will go on without Blake Snell. 
We'll talk to Clayton Kershaw coming up next. We'll uh, settle on a poll question. Once again, play of the day, stat of the day coming up this hour. It's a Traeger meet Friday. Uh, thank you for the uh, birthday wishes. I, uh, I, I share a birthday with a pretty impressive group there. I have George Brett, John Smoltz, Emmett Smith, Ray Lewis, and uh, probably a few others out there that I'm not aware of. Yes, Paul? Could today's poll question be whose career would you want of the luminaries you just gave? Hmm. That's a pretty tough list. you got a lot of Hall of Famers. There. Well, it depends on what McLovin had. Do you have a serious one that has to do with <laughs> Blake Snell, Major League Baseball? Well, we do. But, you know, I came in this morning and somebody else had offered poll questions after he stole Paulie's This Day in Sports History. Todd is coming after my poll question, too. I did. Uh, I did throw in a few. A shocker! I just decided. But to, are they uh, any good, McLovin? Wow. Well, they're pretty. They're pretty standard. They're ones I've seen all throughout the course. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, like, would you go to a sporting event without a vaccine? Kind of questions, which are great I questions. Th- I, th- I think all three of them were relevant, and and at least one of them is worth uh, possibly considering for an hour. All right, let's go. Let's hear. If you're a football coach, would you offer a financial incentive to lay out a player? All right, we'll talk about that situation with James Harrison and Mike Tomlin coming up. Would you agree to be away from your family all year to salvage the baseball season? These stories of uh, quarantining at Walt Disney World or Vegas or wherever, where you're not going to see your family till the entire half season is over. I'm going to guess it would probably be for about three months, but it wouldn't be That's the entire season. All right. It's still a long time. All right. And the last one, which I think is relevant, it's not necessarily for today. You could ask this for any day, but I threw it out there. Will you attend sporting events as soon as you're allowed to? Meaning from that first day, we, we consider it safe and you're running and buying tickets. And the next day you're at a baseball game or a football game. Yeah, Paul. I just want to clarify the previous poll question. You're asking me if I would leave my family to go play baseball with my friends for hundreds of thousands of dollars for three months. That is the question. Okay, like, like where, 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 where you're, you're several months away, and uh, other than FaceTime, you're not going to see them for a weekend or a day. You're just, yeah. you know, you're just all about the paycheck and being able to play ball with the guys. This program brought to you by LegalZoom. They make it easy to set up the right estate plan without leaving your home. Take care of your family today. The right estate plan at LegalZoom.com. Take a break. The Dodgers great Clayton Kershaw joins us next. This is the Dan Patrick Show. Traeger girls fired up, by the way. And it is going to be a feast to resistance. Let's trademark that, Paulie. Feast to resistance. I'm on it. Yes. <laughs> Do you understand what that means, McLovin? Not really. What does it mean? It means feast of resistance? Well, the, the piece de resistance. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, maybe. Yeah, what does that mean? I've never, I've always heard that. I've never understood what it meant, actually. That's think, the name of your new food truck. It's like French, but it's, yeah, it's feast French food. It's feast to resistance. Yeah. This Saturday is Traeger Day, a celebration of community and wood-fired flavor. And you can gear up the flavorful festivities. Traeger is offering 20% off rubs, oh, sauces, and liners from uh, May 15th through May 17th. Contact your local dealer. Visit TraegerGrills.com slash TP show. Stock up for the big day. TraegerGrills.com slash Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. He's the great Clayton Kershaw, the Dodgers pitcher, joining us on the program. Good morning, Clayton. How are you? Hey, good, guys. How are y'all? What are you doing all day? 
Uh, just feeding babies. <laughs> is that uh, is that Cooper? Yeah, this is our newest. He's four months now, and uh, yeah, man, we're doing good. We're just kind of hanging. Um, you know, we're trying to do a little school with the older two, and I'm kind of working out and throwing when I can, and then it's really about it. Give him a little air time here. Let me let me see. There, there. there he is. This is his debut, guys. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, left-handed, right-handed. Do we know yet? Tough to, tough to tell. Tough to tell. Um, but we'll see. He's uh he's been a good kid. So he's a third kid. So he knows he has to be good. <laughs> you know what? And, and you know this. After the first one, you take all the precautions. You do all the right things. And then the second one, you ease off a little bit. By the time you get to the third, and when we got to our fourth, we're like, whatever. That pacifier yeah. falls out. How long was it on the floor? Ah, stick it back in your mouth. You're good. 100%. 100%. All right. So who do you work out with at home? Uh, just me. Yeah, just hang out. And then I have uh, – there's one guy here that I throw with every day. And, um, yeah, man, it's, I, I feel like I'll be ready. You know, whenever this thing gets going, if it does, I feel like I'll be in a good spot. So it's uh, – um, you know, it sounds optimistic, right? Everybody seems to keep talking about it like it might happen. So that's exciting. How, how long do you need to get ready? If I said this is the – do you need to know the date – for the start of the season for you to then go through your routine to get ready for the start of a season? I mean, that would be nice, you know, to have the the start date, you know, but uh, I think they're proposing like a 30 man roster potentially. So that you don't have to build up quite as much when that happens. You know, you only need four or five innings really to start the season. If you have 30 guys on board and then, um, yeah. And so, I mean, with extra 30 guys, I mean, you probably only need two or three weeks to be my guest. But how much are you? How much contact are you having with whether it's manager with Dave Roberts or the Players Association? Like, who is your voice here to help you understand what's going on? Um, yeah, I mean, I talked with Doc. You know, nobody really knows. We're all just kind of in a holding pattern as far as you know what the season might look like, just because you know everything changes week to week, month to month with what's going on right now. So nobody really knows for sure you know obviously the mlb just sent over that proposal that we're looking over i think right now i'm having to talk about it soon but um nobody really knows you know no one knows what it's going to look like yet what did you make of blake snell's comments <laughs> um blake you know what he uh was a little bold obviously hey dan let me uh I need to give this guy up real quick. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, I hope you gave, uh, gave him to your wife. I, I don't uh, know. I just see this right here. He's, no, yeah, I did. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I think it was probably a little bold in what he said, but, you know, I think what where he's coming from, we've already made a pay concession. You know, we're going to get paid prorated based on the season. So uh, we play 81 games where we get half our pay. We agreed to that already, and I know guys – kind of felt like that was what we decided, you know, as a union. And um, obviously with no fans changes things, I guess, for some owners, but we're still playing the same game. You know, we're still playing baseball. We still agreed to our salaries based on that. So um, all I can say about everything is if it deems medically that we're able to play and we can't figure out the business side of it between the two sides, it's not going to look good on anybody. Mm -hmm. So I, if we do figure out medically, I'm pretty optimistic that we can play. Well, how concerned are you about that with your health? I mean, the conversations you have with your wife. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, there's obviously risk involved anytime, but there's also a risk just going outside any day. And um, there's a lot of people smarter than me, thankfully, figuring this stuff out as far as what is protocol for what's going forward and how to do this baseball stuff. And 
Um, bottom line is I think the majority of us want to play, you know, we want to play and we want to be out there and, um, for whatever small bit it is, it's probably helpful to the country to see some sports. I know I'm tired of watching PGA golf reruns over and over again. So, um, I think, I, you know, we want to do it. And if somebody smarter than us says that we can do it, I think, you know, I'd be on board for sure. And listening to Blake Snell. And I said, if, if you really are worried about your health and you don't want to play this year, you're not going to get paid. And, and that's your stance, then that's fine. I, right. I, I applaud you. I mean, it's, it's everybody's individual choice here. The tricky part, though, Clayton, is what if the medical community says it's safe, the Players Association deems it safe, the commissioner deems it safe, and you still don't want to go back? What happens to that player or those players who say, we still don't want to go back? Yeah. Um, well, like you said, I think it'll still be their choice. And I don't think that's going to be – um, I might be naive in this, but I don't feel like that's going to be the vast majority of players. You know, you might have you might have a few guys that have like some serious health issues within the family or some people that they just can't take the chance of being around and playing baseball and totally get that. But uh, hopeful that the vast majority of people can play and uh, feel good about it. He's Clayton Kershaw, the Dodgers pitcher. You got your hat on here. Can you yeah, take I, you? You don't want to see that. Oh yeah, come yeah. on. Is it Bryce Harper like? It? Yes. Is this Bryce Harper like? It's just I sleep on this side. I don't sleep on this. I sleep right here. So it was a good night of sleep. It was a good night of sleep. I think you just added about two inches to your height here with that know, with that hat there. That's great. Now wait, does your wife cut? Who cuts your hair? Well, nobody right now, obviously, but uh, um, you know, I, I'm kind of, I don't get a lot of haircuts, you know, I kind of let it go for the season and then just kind of cut it up at the end of the season and go from there. But uh, I have my sister-in-law, my sister-in-law has cut my hair before uh, plenty of times. So if I get desperate enough, I'll make that happen. Isn't it great though? You get to wear a hat to work. Like you're an adult and you get to wear a hat to work every day. I know. That's Shorts pretty. and t-shirts every day. It's awesome. <laughs> you got a baseball near you? Yeah. Okay. Always. Okay. Is this an important baseball you have there or is that like a, a memento of anything? Well, I got a ration. This is a brand new Pearl. And I got a ration right now playing catch because I only have so many left. and I don't know how much longer. So I got to make sure this lasts, but that's about it. Okay. Can you show us some of the grips that you have? Yeah, okay. sure. Now, I, I remember Harold Reynolds did something on baseball tonight, and it was on Johan Santana. And he said, this is what hitters see. The slot arm slot delivery for a changeup and a fastball looked exact. And, and, he, and Harold Reynolds matched up two pictures. He said, tell me which one's a fastball and which one's a changeup. Now you know how difficult it is when you're facing great pitchers. Do you ever have pictures of your arm slot that says that's my change up, that's my fastball, and then make sure that they mirror each other? Well, not the change up because I don't know how to throw one of those. But um, <laughs> I think uh, you know that's that's any good pitcher. I think you know they all kind of look the same coming out of your hand, and then they do different things. You know, so um, you, you, the, the I guess the number one rule in pitching is to make everything look as similar as possible and then as long as possible. And then at the end it moves differently. So um, nothing should change about your arm slot or your arm angle or anything. It's just the, the grip of the pitches and how you release it. All right. So show me the fastball, the grip of the fastball. All right. So uh, I, I hold it like this with the horseshoe on this side. And a lot of guys hold it like this with the, uh, 
No, I just did it again with the horseshoe on this side. But for, for me, I, I hold the horseshoe right there and just straight across, four-seam fastball. I don't know how to throw a two-seam fastball, so I'm just throw that. Okay. Now if you're throwing your breaking ball. Uh, so curveball, um, you take this seam right here. Let's see. It's hard to do it on Zoom kind of. And then middle finger right there. Um, and then a lot of guys do different stuff with their index finger. Some spike it, some point it straight up. I think Eric Gagne did it like this. And a lot of guys are doing this now. And then, but me, I just throw a pretty standard curveball. And this one's just kind of along for the ride. All the pressure's right there. <laughs> the, the thumb is the thumb is on that seam, and then you just pull down like as hard as you can. But but if I'm looking at that, I see your finger up. Yeah, aren't you tipping yeah. your? That would be, you know, yes, I guess in theory, but that'd be pretty tough to see. I feel like because your arm's moving so fast at that point. By the time it come out of your glove, but. I mean, guys, you know, if you're at second base, you can see a spike if you hold it in your glove the wrong way. And so guys get, get tips that way. So you got to kind of cover it up with your glove. Can you tell when somebody at second base is telling somebody at home plate what's coming? Nah, sometimes if they're really, you know, if they're really bad at it. But most of the time, no. So if they say breaking ball, then then you know that they're probably bad at it. I would get that, yeah. <laughs> I would figure that out. Can you throw a knuckleball? No, um, no, like one out of 10, I can get it to do something, but I think they do it like that. I think they kind of, I think are like, all right, Dickie, I was like, like he did that, I think, and just kind of like pushes it. I'm but still amazed to... with it. I asked Phil, Phil Necro about it and, and he yeah, shows you. Incredible. Yeah. And I, and then I, I hate playing catch with somebody who throws a knuckleball because they think it's funny that you're getting, you know, hitting the knee or hitting the groin or whatever. And it, yeah, Charlie, we have Charlie Huff around still, and Charlie, oh yeah. Charlie can still do it. He can still just fire knuckleballs <laughs> at you. It's amazing. But he, I, I'm just fascinated though that the difference in how guys hold a baseball and how how much pressure you add to a baseball and how light it's almost like a golf swing. You know, the guys sometimes will grab it, grip it too tight. Can you can you grip it too light or too too uh, strongly? I don't know. I always grip everything pretty firmly um, just to, I don't know. I, I just always, I don't have a loose grip on anything. That's probably why I don't throw a change up very well. But you know, what's funny is that you talk to guys and like, you know, whoever has the best of whatever, you know, you talk to different guys about their change ups or different guys about their sliders and you want to see their grip because you're like, that's how they do it. They have a different, it's the same grip. Everybody has the same stuff. It's just, it's just how their arm works, how, how it moves, how it comes out of their hand. Like, the grip is almost irrelevant to some extent. And it's just uh, um, over the years, you know, you want to see how guys hold different things, but there's very few times that the grip is just like, Oh, that, that, that's it. That's what changed my career. You know, did anybody try to change your windup? Um, no, I mean, I, I've kind of had the same, you know, over the years, I think I've paused a little bit more at the bottom, but, and then, you know, I do that stupid thing out of the stretch where I lift my hands up real high. Uh, Wait, you was, you acknowledge it's stupid? Yeah, it's oh. dumb. But I, it's uh, now I just can't I can't get rid of it, and uh, like it's like it's like part of it now. So I can't I can't not do it. Oh gosh. Well, hey, it's great to talk to you. Hopefully, we get some baseball played, and uh, more importantly, good luck with Cooper there. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you, Clayton. That's uh, Clayton, right. Clayton Kershaw. Dodgers pitcher and and there he is putting his hand up over his zoom saying goodbye yeah a little coop in there that was nice
Yeah, I still, I'm always amazed when you look at guys who are pitching and they don't want to give you anything. They don't want to tell you anything. They don't want to, guys will dig into their glove deeper. Uh, guys will position the ball in their glove differently. It's the smallest thing. There are guys on every baseball team and their job is to spot this. Now they have other responsibilities. There's guys, old school guys who are so good at this. They'll notice where you are on the rubber. They'll notice arm slot. They'll know position of glove at delivery. They'll notice position of glove when you get the ball back and then you put it in your glove. And he's right. The guy at second base is going to look and he can tell if you start to dig in and you have that finger that spiked, you're going to they can give a signal, whether whatever their indicator is from second base. Like you can do it in a way that is allowed. You know, baseball, these are the unwritten rules. You know, you're allowed to do this. Like it's accepted if you're going, hey, and here's what's coming because I'm watching it and he's letting me see what's in his glove. But when Harold Reynolds showed me those pictures of Johan Santana, who had an unbelievable changeup, and I, I, I couldn't imagine being at the plate where here's a pitch that's going to be 92 or here's one that's 72. And now you got a split second to make that, you know, that decision there. Pretty crazy. And, and you know, Kershaw's curveball is probably, if, it might be the greatest in baseball history. And, and the only reason why I say that is I have statistical data that backs that up. Clayton Kershaw, the batting average off his curveball in his career is 137. I don't know, you know, if, if there are other, like who's other, who are the other people be in that category there? But Clayton Kershaw's curveball opposing hitters bat 137. I was going to show Clayton my pitching performance, my wind up. You were going to give him some tips? Well, not tips, but, I, you know, just, hey, these are alternatives. And this is a pitcher sharing with a pitcher. That's all. You know, we just, it's, it's like Kobe was always asking, you know, other players, like, give me some of these tips here. Like, Reggie Miller, show me your step-back jumper. I would have helped Clayton with that because I had the 12-6 to curveball when I was pitching for Mason High School. Yeah, Paul. Can you imagine the first game of the Dodgers season? The announcer goes, somehow Clayton Kershaw has turned into a knuckleball pitcher and it, it gotten rid of the curveball exclusively. No, no. And, and you could just hear Charlie Steiner during the broadcast. And something's wrong with Kershaw. It feels like everybody knows that curveball is coming here. Why didn't I try to do Vince Scully there? Charlie didn't sound like Vince Scully. Yes, Paul. It is interesting to see, though, you – as a baseball fan at home, you could, you can't see what's going on in the glove. And to see Kershaw walk you around the, the baseball with his hand and say, I like the seams on this side. Most other guys do it on this side. And the fact that he, he had to do it, he had trouble doing it with his hands facing us. He yeah. had to turn it around. And he's like, this isn't comfortable for me. I'm used to it in my glove. A lot of these guys, they don't want to think. They're just out there. This is how I do it. And then all of a sudden you say, can you explain how you... And it goes back to a conversation I have with John McEnroe where I said, how do you explain what you do? And he looked at me like, I don't even know where to start with it. He goes, I, I don't, I can't explain it. I do it. I, I, my job is not to explain it. It's to do it. And, and it was just great insight into an artist. And I always viewed McEnroe as an artist that I don't know how I do it. I just do it. We want to understand it so we can try it. He couldn't explain it. Take a break. Play of the day coming up next year. Your phone calls as well. This is the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app 
at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. Well, here's a what if. I know, try not to do hypotheticals. What if a lot of the top players would follow Blake Snell's lead? They don't want to play this season. Then Fox, TNT, ESPN can legitimately say they shouldn't have to pay their contracted amount for the watered-down season and postseason without the biggest stars there. You don't get top dollar from the advertisers. You know, if you have a baseball season where you don't have some of your top players, what does that do to your TV contracts? Still a lot to be sorted out. I hope they continue or, or they would continue to do this in a professional manner privately. But I think the baseball owners put this out in the media to negotiate in the media. And public sentiment is always going to be on ownership side to say, oh, come on, you guys are getting paid all that money to play a game. It's not that simple here. I don't agree with Blake Snell and how he proposed this. Uh, but if it's his right, if he doesn't want to play, then he shouldn't have to play. But it feels like there's more to it than that. Uh, let me see. How about uh, Chris in Atlanta? Hey, Chris. Welcome to the program. Hey, Dan. First time, long time. Five seven one sixty five. Just wanted to call and say happy birthday. Happy Meat Friday. Well, thank you. Uh, today is uh, my birthday as well. And uh, last night, the wife gave me the early uh, birthday present, a nice new Traeger grill, and uh, surprised me with it in time so we could be cooking all meat Friday. Oh, that is great. How did you thank him? What's yeah. your wife's name? Her, her name is Jamie. And how did you thank Jamie? Well, I'll, I'll have to uh, make it up to her later this weekend. But uh, <laughs> just a big smile and a big hug. You know what? I took care of Jamie for you, Chris. You did? Yes. Let's bring in Jamie from Atlanta, who joins us now. <laughs> Hi, Jamie. Hey, Dan. At, at wife of the year got him a Traeger grill. I love it. I know. I know. And uh, got him on Dan Patrick's show. I figured I'd have a better chance of getting him than he was, though. Now, he should have to cook a me. lot, though. Chris, <laughs> Chris, you got to do some cooking, man. There's no excuse because Jamie listens to the show, and she knows that it's easy to do, and it's hard to screw this up. Okay, Jamie is retired. She's retired from cooking this summer. I'm very She's fortunate. Birthday. Chris is actually usually the cook of the family. Yes, Chris. Man. She's got my birthday. She's got Father's Day covered. I gotta definitely make it up to her by smoking all weekend. And uh, yeah, she's awesome. Uh, do us a favor, Chris and Jamie. Send us a picture to uh, to our show and uh, let us see you with the Traeger girl and and uh, great wife there, Jamie. Thank you for calling in, and Chris, happy birthday. Thanks. Thanks happy Dan, birthday you to you, Dan. Love well, you, Jamie. All right, there you go. Yeah, love in the air. I just. Bring people together. Traeger brings people together. He goes, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> well, they didn't know that, like, Chris was calling in, and then all of a sudden Marvin, who's answering the phones, goes, um, Chris is calling in. His wife got him a Traeger, and his wife called in, but Chris doesn't know his wife called in. I don't know where they are in Atlanta, if they're in the same house or, you know, one's outside, but uh, they called in, and uh, he didn't know that she was going to call in. That was great. That was great. Uh, let's see. A couple more phone calls in here. Steve in Seattle joins us. Hi, Steve. What do you have for me today? Yeah, six foot, 210. Uh, back in 2015, if you recall, Baltimore Orioles had that crowdless game. Yeah. I was just curious to hear perspective on that. 
and you know maybe t- talk to Buck Showalter or whatnot. And then secondly, totally unrelated, moving forward after we get out of all of this, are we going to continue to have guests on Zoom rather than on phone calls? But it's been because it's been pretty cool to see. Well, um, I, th- I would like to continue with Zoom if we can. I want to be fair to the people we have on. And once we switched over and started doing this on our own, the the technology that we have here in our studio was simplified so I could get I could get guests on Zoom. When we had to go through our studios in Los Angeles to then go to our studios here in Connecticut, satellites involved, it, it became a little bit more of a, a mess. And this is simple. And uh, we, we've enjoyed it to be able to have Clayton Kershaw there with his, you know, his... Uh, his son feeding him and showing his pitches there. I mean, that's, that's great. Or Barkley there from his man cave. We're going to try to continue to do that, but I want to be fair to the athletes. You know, some don't want us in their houses and, and we certainly understand that. But if they, they are doing, feels like more and more of these athletes are doing more and more of these interviews there for they're more comfortable in how they look, uh, how the, how the camera's positioned and they have downtime here. Let's see what happens once, you know, these seasons start back up again. Uh, Anthony in California. Hey, Ant. Good morning, Dan. Good morning. 5'11 and 23 years married to the boss this weekend. Well, congratulations. Um, all of Chat Row is blowing up, wishing you a happy birthday. But I wanted to tell you what's going on here in Southern California. They've closed down the entire L.A. Philharmonic and Hollywood Bowl for the entire summer season. No, not even an orchestra. So I don't see how Major League Baseball is going to successfully pull this off. No matter how much testing they do, they could test people between innings for all they care. But they're not even they're not even allowing fans or anybody else in in the uh, in the orchestra. Yeah, we got a long way to go. That's why when I hear college football and we're we're going to have players back June first. Don't yeah, let's not set a date. Let's just we come back when we can come back when it's right to come back. One hour in the books, two more to go. This Friday edition, Dan Patrick Show. 